welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny show. I'm Karen Kenny. <laughs> In case you've never listened to this sucker or watched the show before. Hi, it's me. <laughs> nice to nice to have you here. Thank you so much for being here with me for however long I'm about to run my big mouth. <laughs> oh, I'm a little extra punchy, you guys. I'm still a little sleep deprived from my, from my new puppy, Bunchy. Oh, he's such a doll and a love. And KK's a little tired. I think I said that on my last episode too, but it's true. All right, you guys. So in case you don't know me, let me just say hi here in the new year. So if you've never tuned in before, here are some things that might put in context, like who I am, what I do, and why I talk about the, the shit that I talk about. So I am a certified spiritual mentor. Uh, I'm about to also be, you know, a certified I guess, life coach or coach as well. That's a whole other story for another day. I'm a certified hypnotist um, a few times over. Um, I'm also, I've been a yoga teacher for like over 20, some 22, 23. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I've been a yoga teacher for a wicked long time. Thai yoga massage person. I don't really do that. I incorporate that. I'm a Reiki Vasta. I'm a storyteller. I'm a writer. I'm a speaker. I have a podcast, obviously. I'm a transformational retreat leader. Like I do a lot of different things. I'm a gateless writing instructor. I used to have a TV show. I've done a lot of things and I love to bring all of these things together. But really the heartbeat of what I do is rooted in spirituality and storytelling. And now even more so like subconscious and science. Like I'm learning more. As you can see behind me, all those books is about all that stuff. So I'm constantly trying to, you know, read and learn. I'm not trying to, I'm doing, I'm always reading and learning and expanding my mind and just, I'm wicked curious by nature. So what I really love to do is I do a lot of solo episodes and once in a while, right? Usually like once a month, I bring on somebody that I love or somebody I'm wicked curious about or somebody that I uh, want to share with the world. And so for me, so much of this podcast is just sharing the magic. It's just sharing stuff that I'm excited about, stuff that's been on my mind, some good stories to tell and things that hopefully I always say, either it helps to educate, uh, enlighten, entertain, or elevate the spirit. You know, that's what I'm trying to do here. So from my hat to your hat, I hope this, um, that this show lands for you in some way and resonates, or at the very least, you never feel like, hopefully you don't ever walk away feeling like I just wasted my time because <laughs> that would suck. All right. Today's episode, right, is I'm going to call it, I think I'm going to call it warning shots, warning shots. Now I've been thinking about this for a couple of different reasons, but the main one goes back to the fact that I have a new puppy. Okay. I should say my sweetie and I, right? So my husband, my sweetie, uh, Chris, 
Chris Lesta. I almost never, I almost never say his name. So I always call him sweetie. So my sweetie and I, we have a new puppy, but we also have a 15 year old cat named Toby pajamas, <laughs> Toby pajamas or Toby pajamas. We all say, however we say it. And then we also have two other dogs. And they're brothers. They are literally brothers, right? DNA, like, came from the same. They're rescues. So those three are all rescues from down in Alabama. And those two are, like, 13. And they're kind of old and cranky now when it comes to the puppy. So, you know, if you're if you're of my age, I'm, like, in my 50s, you may remember the Muppets, the Muppet show. You know the two old cranky guys up in the theater, in the theater sitting up in the... Uh, <laughs> the balcony and the, 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 the box seats. And they just kind of yelled out at the stage how everything sucks and nothing's good. They're kind of like that right now with the puppy. They kind of want nothing to do with them. And um, Toby pajamas, you know, will smack him right in his face. I mean, that's the fun thing. And he thinks they're playing. <laughs> so that works out good. So nobody's been hurt or anything like that. We're, all, we're, we're really on top of it, but they really have fun and it's kind of cute. But the other two are really cranky. And so when the puppy comes in hot, when Bunchy is like coming in hot, Scoot will do what I call, quote unquote, firing a warning shot, which looks like and sounds like baring his teeth and growling. And he's basically just saying, hey, back the fuck up, chill out, you're coming in a little hot. And this is what older, wiser dogs will often do. Usually this is what the moms will do with them when they're puppies and they're getting a little too rambunctious, right? So they do this thing where they kind of show this is not going to end well for you if you don't knock it off, <laughs> which I think is so great because it's not like they're coming out and they're just attacking. They're saying, hey, you're being kind of a knucklehead and we're trying to let you know that how you're behaving isn't cool. And I'm just letting you know. And it makes me laugh because I remember talking to uh, a friend of mine, Ray Hebert. So Ray owns uh, Haverhill Downtown Boxing in Haverhill, Massachusetts. He grew up in Haverhill. He's he is uh, he is what like I say, I am right a masshole like through and through. Like there's a part of me that will kind of always be a masshole, which is like Vicky with two Ks from Lawrence. That part of me I call it Vicky with two Ks from Lawrence. So Ray is a tough guy. He was a Golden Gloves boxing champion. I think he's in his sixties now. And he basically runs this boxing gym to help keep kids like off the street, to give them a place to go afterwards, to learn some skills, to learn how to have discipline, to learn how to um, have focus, to build strength, to see what they're made of. Like he teaches them so many life lessons, him and my friend, uh, Brendan Simmons, they both do this. Right. And I remember talking to Ray one day Um about boxing. I had discovered, it's a whole long story. I wrote this whole long story and post about it one time, but the short version is I discovered his gym one day when my sister used to live in Haverhill and we were driving by and I said, is that a boxing gym? Cause at that point I was going to title boxing and I was doing, I was doing boxing or boxing workouts, I should say. So I got really excited and I stopped and I went in his gym and he gave me the whole tour and like this whole thing happened. But I remember going back and asking him one time, um, about fighting and fighting stances and where you keep your hands and what do you do? And we were talking about how, you know, my friend Andre Debuse the third used to be a fighter. He's a writer. He's a writer. Some of you may know him. He wrote, he wrote a bunch of brilliant books, but he wrote a, a memoir called Townie that is just out of this world. If you haven't read it. 
Um, he also wrote a book called The House of Sand and Fog, which became an um, Academy Award winning movie. Uh, he's been he's an Oprah book club pick. You know, he's a super incredible human being uh, and an incredible writer. And he used to be a boxer and a fighter. He fought a lot uh, on the streets in bars, not just in a ring or anything like that. Right. And I was kind of saying to Ray, um, because um, Andre had also spent a little bit of his time growing up in Haverhill. And I kind of said to Ray, hey, um, Andre mentioned this once, that it takes a certain amount of fill in the blank, whatever you want to call it, uh, commitment when you're going to break through what people would call like that membrane. Meaning if you're going to punch somebody, like physically hit somebody, it takes something to kind of cross that membrane and say, I'm committed to inflicting harm and violence on another human being, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect this back to warning shots, right? So Ray and I were talking and I said, so if you're, let's say you're, you're out somewhere, whether it's at a club or you're doing something or whatever, and somebody makes it very clear that they intend you harm, that they're going to try to inflict violence on you in some way. Now, this is something I'm interested in as well. Like this idea of violence. One of the reasons why I'm vegan is because I do not want to inflict harm or violence on any living creature, especially animals or something that uh, doesn't have a voice and doesn't have a say in how they're being treated, right? But also having a mother who was beaten to death, having a mother who whose life was taken through a serious act of uh, brutality and violence. Um, this 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 idea of being people being able to hit each other and also being a kid who grew up in Lawrence Mass. And, you know, my stepfather used to take me to the Golden Glove fights and I would I would see, you know, I would firsthand like be in a room and see um, what it's like, that kind of animalistic nature. Not that it, there's not a skill set and an artistry to fighting and boxing. I'm not saying that but the brutality of the sport, okay? You're literally physically trying to knock somebody else. So let's talk about that, right? So anyways, I'm talking to Ray and I'm saying, so if somebody approaches you and you have this clear sense that this person is about to do harm, I'm like, so what? Like you get into your stance and you put your dukes up or whatever. And he goes, I mean, when I, you guys, when I tell you that this happens so fast and I'm like, this guy's in his sixties and it doesn't matter. Because the body knows, like, it's like people who have been doing something, like my sweetie with a guitar, you can just hand him a guitar and he can start talking and doing a bunch of other things, but his body, his hands know what to do. They can strum and all this stuff and he can do three other things, right? Ray's body knows how to box. His body knows how to fight. So as I'm talking to him, all of a sudden I go, okay, so what do you, and he's like, no, like, it's not like you, you, you fire these warning shots. And you just let him know you're coming. You kind of square up and bam. And he like popped his hand forward. Of course he didn't hit me, but he brought his hand really close to my face and it was explosive. It was like a snake just shooting out like, 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 boom, you know? And I was like, holy shit. And so there was really no warning shot because in that case, you don't want to give that person an opportunity to duck or bob or weave or whatever, or to grab you. So you just like square up and pop. And I was like, oh my God, so no warning shots, huh? So here's the thing. It got me to thinking about something that I learned from one of my teachers, Ashwaran. Um, and uh, Eknath Ashwaran, 
meditate. He's no longer alive. In fact, I've never met the man. I just know him through his books and his writing and videos and stuff like that. Um, but I have, I think every single book he's ever written. And there's a series that he wrote. Um, it's his interpretation. It is a beloved interpretation um, of the Bhagavad Gita. So if you don't know what the Bhagavad Gita is, it's a book, but so this is a series of books and this is the Bhagavad Gita for daily living. And this is volume two, there's three volumes in this. There's a Shwaran on the back right there. So he tells this story, um, that Sri Ramakrishna, uh, told, like told, it's a famous story and it's kind of called about like the bad snake. And so I'm going to tell it to you here, but let me put it into context, right? So what we're talking about today is how do we move through the world? So like, how does all this apply to my life? You might be asking, you might be asking me, you might be yelling at, at your earbuds, like, what the fuck? What does this have to do with me or anything? Because I think it's important that we learn how to move through the world, not popping people in the face when it's unnecessary, but learning how to fire warning shots when it is necessary. And a lot of people don't have boundaries at all. So they end up feeling matted and trampled on and taken advantage of. And, you know, like uh, people use them as a doormat maybe a little bit. And then you have people who don't even wait to fire a warning shot and they just go right in. So there's like lack of boundaries in both ways. And so it's like, how can I move through the world without becoming a doormat? but also not being a perpetrator of uh, violence and whether that's with your words, your actions, your thoughts, um, you know, your fists, like literally. And I think that it, it behooves us all to kind of know like how to do this. And so I did an episode not long ago called uh, Suck It in a Bucket. <laughs> I was talking about how you can be spiritual and spirited. And this is like a, an extension of that, but in a slightly different way. So, um, no, I've, so I've been thinking about it. I'm, same thing, right? Right. Looking at Scoot, like kind of growling at Bunchy, letting him know like, hey, this isn't cool. You're behaving like a dick. And um, before I tell you the Sri Ramakrishna story, <clears throat> um, you know how I was talking about Vicky with two Ks from Lawrence, that 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 part of me, one of my shadow selves, like right, that exists and is very alive and well inside of me. Um. Every once in a while, I let her run my social media. <laughs> so I'll be like, oh, Vicky's posting today. And she'll always post these things that, uh, I mean, obviously it's me posting, but I let that part of me just kind of run wild and free and have some fun. And she always ends up posting shit that I'm telling you, when I tell you, when I let Vicky post, people usually love whatever she's posting because <laughs> it's a little bit mass holy. You know what I mean? And it got me to thinking about something that I posted one time. Now, supposedly, I've done a little bit of research, but you know, with the internet. So supposedly, this has been fact-checked, supposedly, doing air quotes, that Mike Tyson actually said this. And I shared it one time. I don't know if I attributed it to Tyson at the time because I didn't know at the time where it came from because um, I shared it like years ago and now they're saying uh, that it just got verified uh, like recently or whatever. But here's the quote, and it just makes me laugh my ass off, right? And this is what we what this is this is what I would call kind of straddling like the 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 spiritual because I think there's truth in this in the in the spirited. And this is what there's a little picture of of Tyson, Mike Tyson the boxer. And this is what he supposedly supposedly said. He says social media has made y'all way too comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the face for it. <laughs> oh my god. And it's true. 
Because where I come from, where I grew up, if you try to say half the shit that people feel so brazen to say on social media, <coughs> excuse me, if you tried to say that to people's face where I grew up, that would not go over well. That would not be soothing for you. That would not end well. Let me put it that way, right? Social media has created, and texting is the same thing. I would just say electronic, di digital communication in general, in a lot of ways. I'm not vilifying it. I'm just saying in a lot of ways. You got a lot of keyboard warriors. You get a lot of people who are very, very mouthy, little mouthy, little loose with their lips, a little loose with their words uh, when they have... Uh, physical physical distance like and it could be thousands of miles between them people think they can just say whatever they want to say and it's not going to cost them all right so here's the thing so sri ramakrishna all right i love this story and um so there was a snake in this village and he was a very big snake and a strong snake a venomous snake and you know snake's nature you know you know the story of the frog and the scorpion Right. And at the end, at the end, the frog's like, why would you sting? You know, we're, we're, we're going to we're going to drown. Like, why would you do that? And the scorpion's like, because uh, it's my nature. <laughs> right. So the nature of this poisonous snake, I mean, this is metaphor, right? This is this all has to do with the story. Um, You know, is that this snake was like biting the villages. It was biting people and killing animals, like poisoning them. Right. Like a little cow would come walking by and he'd like, like shoot out of the bushes and he'd bite it. And that poison would kill it. And he was he was terrorizing the villages and they were all really afraid of him. And the villages were like, we're going to kill that snake. He's a bad snake. We don't like that snake. Right. He's killing off our animals and we're terrified. And so and so got bit and died and whatever. And so there was call him a holy man. Right. Uh, a teacher, a holy teacher or whatever, who lived in the village. And he didn't want them to kill anything. Right. And he said, OK, look. How about this? If I go talk to that snake and I get the snake to stop biting and harming and killing you guys, will you leave him alone? And they were all like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That will be fine. We just don't want him to like, you know, to, to, to hurt us anymore. And he was like, okay. He goes and he talks to the snake. They have a little conversation. They work some things out. He's like, hey, just leave these people alone. Like go out and do snaky things like somewhere else, right? Like go out into the woods or the, you know, there's plenty of stuff here in the tall grass. Go get your snacks here. Just leave the people alone. And he says like, okay. And then one day he came out because he wanted to sun himself. So he came out of the weeds. He came out of the tall grass and he's sunning himself on the road. And some young boys came over and they knew that the snake had now promised that he wouldn't bite them anymore. So they started taunting the snake with like sticks and then they started throwing rocks at him and they were trying to kill him. And they thought they had been successful. They really hurt the snake. And he was just kind of like, you know, he looked dead and he was laying there. And then, you know, the holy man came along and he was like, what happened? Right. He realizes he wasn't dead and he starts talking to him and he's like, what happened? What went on? And, and the snake said, well, you told me not to bite them. You told me not to harm them. And, you know, these boys came along and they you know, they tried to hurt me. And he basically said to the snake, look, I told you not to bite them, but I never told you not to hiss. I'm going to say that again. I told you not to bite them, but I never told you not to hiss. So here's the deal. Sometimes we do need to hiss. 
sometimes we do need to speak up. Sometimes we do need to say that, that, that this is a boundary that you're crossing or you're about to cross a boundary and I've already told you about the boundary. See, there's a difference between having a boundary that you're the only one that knows it's a boundary and then somebody crosses it and then you just get pissed or you become like physically violent or whatever. But everybody's like, oh, I didn't even know that that was a thing. So if we're going to have boundaries with people in our lives, it is helpful to let them know that they exist. <laughs> and this is where hissing, quote unquote, hissing. So what does hissing kind of look like in human form? So Ashwaram was talking about this too, like in this book, right? In this version, um, this book two here of uh, the Bhagavad Gita for daily living. He, he talks about dealing with people who are uh, troublesome or difficult. <laughs> this is what he says. He says, bearing with people, especially those who really do cause us problems. Now, notice he isn't saying cause us harm. He's not talking about being in a relationship where somebody's physically abusive. Just somebody who's a little difficult, right? Especially those who really do cause us problems is the essence. Bearing with these people is the essence of forgiveness. He says, listen, though, it is not particularly helpful to do this with a feeling of madadam either. We need to bear with them cheerfully. <laughs> oh boy, that's a big muscle. That's a big spiritual muscle to try and grow. But listen to this next part. This is wicked important. But this does not mean making ourselves into a doormat. You have heard me say this before, you guys, right? This does not mean making ourselves into a doormat because letting people take undue advantage of us is not helpful for them any more than it is for us. This is when he says, when it's necessary to show our love by expressing disapproval. Let's break down that sentence. Listen to what he's saying. When it is necessary to show our love by expressing disapproval, we should learn to disagree constructively. Sri Ramakrishna advises us to hiss gently when necessary, but not to bite. So part of loving people sometimes is expressing our disapproval. Hey, that's not cool. Hey, that really hurt. Hey, you just crossed a boundary. Hey, you're acting like a knucklehead, right? Maybe you can find a kind of way to say that, right? Parents have to do this with their children all the time. You have to love them enough to like put rules in place. You have to love them enough to have boundaries. Because your kids will test your limits and they're always constantly trying to test your limits. And some part of their nervous system is saying, give me a boundary. Give me a zone of safety where I know I'm not supposed to cross this. Do you know what I'm saying? And if they do cross it, we don't have to, you don't have to, I'm not, look, I know kids Kids, I don't know, no, I don't have human children, but I've been an auntie long enough. I've been around enough kids that I know that they can push your buttons, right? They can get under your skin. And when you're tired, when you're a little sleep deprived, it's like, oh, buckle up, buckle up for safety, right? But it's helpful for them to know what the boundaries are, what the rules are, what is or isn't allowed. And then when they cross those, you don't have to bite them, but we learn how to hiss. And whether that's by giving consequences or by, you know, however, however you parent, I'm not here to tell people how to parent. Once in a while, I'll have a thought about it. When I think of parenting, I'm not always just thinking about parenting. I'm thinking of parenting as human relationships. 
and how we talk to each other. And whether we're big or small or whatever, it's how we communicate. That's what's really interesting to me. So when Ashwaran says things, so I would say it like this, it's not very loving to you or to somebody else to let them treat you like shit. Because what you're teaching them is not something that's going to benefit them in the long run, which is, oh, I can act like this and get away with it. Because we see, as Tyson supposedly has said, that a lot of people think that they can just say and do whatever they want and that they're not going to have to bear the consequences of those things. But I'm telling you, this is why we have karma, right? Karma is just science. We can think of it science. We can think of it spiritually, of course, right? But to me, it's just science. It's cause and reaction. It is, you know, action, reaction. It's you do this thing, then this thing happens. That to me is science, right? You push that thing and it rolls, it's going to roll. It's going to go downhill. You swing it that way, it's going to swing back, right? So a lot of times how people are behaving. And so teaching your kids some self-discipline, teaching your kids a little bit of mindfulness, a, a way to slow down so that they can take responsibility for what they're saying and thinking and doing and all that stuff is like such a huge gift. So there might be some place in your life where you were like that snake and you basically just let yourself you've just been taking fucking punches, right? And I don't mean, I'm, I'm talking metaphorical, right? Punches when you shouldn't, emotional punches when you shouldn't. And you've just been a little too passive. And then there might be the other extreme where you've just come out swinging every time. But there is a balance. There is a way to say, right? So one of my, um, one of my spiritual teachers, one of my uh, former mentors um, used to say, um, you know, so in yoga, when you think of bhakti, so think of bhakti is like this really generous and like divine and, and serving love, right? This big open, I'm kind of doing this thing. If you're, if you're listening and not watching, I'm kind of taking my hands from the center of my body, like where my hat is. And then I'm spreading them out as if I had like big, like butterfly wings, I'm going like out and around. So like bhakti. So one time we were talking and I was saying, you know, like sometimes it can be hard to, you know, put a boundary in place and and not like be like uh, aggressive. <laughs> I guess you know this is you know many years ago we were having this conversation, and she goes, "Well, here's the thing. You know, sometimes in relationships it's like this. It's like oh, bhakti, bhakti, and it's really open and sweet." She goes, and then sometimes it's shakti, shakti, like shakti like direct. You'd see, if you could see me, you see, I'm smacking my hand and then shoving my hand direct forward, like a snake going. Tss, tss. So there's room for bhakti and shakti in our relationships with each other. And sometimes in our relationship with ourselves, when we've been letting ourselves get away with behavior that is not really helpful or healthy or loving towards ourselves, and whether that's in the beliefs that we have, the stories we tell, the habits that we perpetuate and we keep doing, sometimes we need to shock D ourselves a little bit, but not with shame, not with blame, not with judgment and attack. We show up in curiosity. We show up in curiosity. And remember, it's not loving to let other people behave poorly either. And this is why we learn to show up with them and we fire warning shots. I have been, ha I've had, I've fired warning shots in my life 
and I have had warning shots fired at me. And I will tell you, depending on where they're coming from, they will have a huge effect. I can think of three off the top of my head right now that will stay with me probably until the day I die. When people in my life who loved me enough to tell me the truth, who loved me enough to say to me, hey, you're kind of acting like a brat or you're acting like whatever, fill in the blank. And it stopped me cold. And I'm not going to lie, I was embarrassed, right? I, my, I felt my ego take a punch. I was like, ugh. But when you're willing to be honest, you sit down and you're like, well, I know this. Here's what I always say to myself, right? I'm not talking about haters. I'm not talking about people who are trying to pull you down. I'm talking about people who you know love you who you know respect you, who you know want the best for you, and who um, it's not so much that they expect, you know, that they have these expectations of you, but they know you to be better than how you've been showing up. And when those people in my life have given me like a cold, hard truth, uncomfy as shit, and then it's like you pull up your big, your big pants and you say, and you take a look at it, and I say, I know they're not telling me this to hurt me. I know they're not telling me this to be mean and they're not telling me this to embarrass me or shame me. They're telling me this for a reason because they're seeing something that I currently cannot see for myself. And these are also the people hopefully that will also share with you your brilliance. And that's why I always say you have to be willing to own both your bullshit and your brilliance. <laughs> and hopefully these same people will celebrate you, right? And they will uh, enthusiastically like lift you up as well. So you guys, I hope this was helpful to you in some way, you know, and know who else is a really great example of this is Gandhi, you know, Gandhi's whole thing and Martin Luther King Jr. also, who was um, inspired by Gandhi in his own civil rights movement is this idea of nonviolent resistance, right? So how can I resist the thing that you're doing, resist whatever, fill in the blank, right? Whatever is happening, um, but without perpetuating violence myself against others and whether that's humans or animals or whatever. Learning how to practice nonviolent resistance is a very powerful thing. We learn to hiss and not bite. We learn to fire warning shots when necessary. So you guys, if this was helpful in some way, not only would I love for you to let me know. So shoot me a DM, find me on social media. I'm at Karen Kenny, K-E-N-N-E-Y live, L-I-V-E. But if you found this helpful, then somebody else in your life um, might find it valuable and helpful. So share this sucker, let them know about the show. I'd love that. And if you're somebody who's been listening for a long time, but you've never left me a rating or a review on Apple podcast, man, would I super duper appreciate that. That would just be so fantastic. <laughs> so please uh, go ahead and do that. If you haven't already, uh, just know that I really um, appreciate your support. Thank you for being here and for listening and you guys, I'm going to be announcing some really fun stuff coming up. So I will say this. This is here's what I will say about one of the things that I'm going to be letting you know about is that I'm collaborating with two of my, my friends, Emily Aborn, who is um, a content creator and writer, and she helps businesses get their messaging out there in a way that feels really authentic and uh, like, and she does it in a really fun way. 
Um, and also Lindsay Taylor, who is the owner of Tailored Image, which is a branding and design company. And they're both just just fantastic. And so the three of us are getting together and, uh, you know, and I'm bringing kind of that that spiritual piece, the getting out of your own way piece and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. The the kind of that that whole that whole piece of like so I always kind of say it like this, this is where uh, strategy and intention meets spirituality and inspiration. So this is where we kind of bring bring it all together, where that creativity and curiosity also gets to thrive. So we're doing a one-day retreat. Uh, and the date is April 6th. That's what we're planning on. We're shooting for April 6th, uh, 2023 in the Concord, New Hampshire area. So I'm just letting you know about it. So save the date, mark your calendar, and I'll be uh, sharing more goodies uh, later on. And if you want to get those suckers, like if you want to know ahead of time about this stuff, so you don't have to wait to hear it on the show, uh, just get on my email list. It's karenkenny.com slash sign up. And then you'll find out like right into your inbox. It's going to be, um, it's one of the easiest ways to find out uh, what shenanigans I'm up to. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. As I always say, maybe I'm going to get, I don't know if I'll ever get, I always think like, oh, I should get a new like sign off line, but I love this one so much. And it's, it's what I really believe and what I really think, which is, you know, we just want to leave everybody better off than how we found them, <laughs> which means you got to take responsibility for your own thoughts, words, actions, and energy, like how you're showing up in a space. So wherever you go, leave yourself right? Leave yourself, leave the people, leave the animals, the environment, everything better, planet better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>